You're listening to the Empowering Process Podcast with your host, Gail Kraft. Listen as she holds frank discussions around how your purpose, being present, and trusting your power impacts your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, leader, or developing your vision, you'll find wisdom and insights you can utilize right now. Welcome your host, Gail Kraft. Hey everybody, Gail Craft here with the Empowering Process podcast. And with me today is Valerie Urard. And from trauma to triumph, Valerie has seen it all. The tool set she gathered to overcome her childhood trauma helps her guide trauma survivors get their life back. She is a published author, speaker, and expert who works with people all over the world. She brings you on a decluttering journey to declutter your stress, your mind, your space, and your time so that you can create the life you want and free yourself from trauma. So welcome, Valerie. I'm so happy that you're joining us today. I'm so happy to be here, Gail. Thank you so much. Oh, this is just so fantastic. So we're going to talk a little bit about the childhood trauma, right? And then some of the things that you tried that failed to kind of get your life together. And then how you happened upon purely by accident, the declutter process. And it's really, you know, I I was thinking this morning about you and I was thinking as within, so without, right? And that is exactly, I mean, it's biblical, true, but it is true. So um, take us on your journey. (laughs) (laughs) I like to start my journey when I was 11 years old. And I do that because it wasn't a period where, you know, you do those babysitting course and with your friends at school. And I was introduced to a notion that I didn't understand at that time was don't let the parent of the kids you babysit drive you home because something can happen. So don't let people touch your private part. And then when I came back home and it was the holiday, my grandfather touched my private part. So it's at that moment that I understood what was happening in my life since many, many years. So it really shut me down that day. And I remember going to fake being asleep in my bed while all the extended family arrived, my cousin and everybody. And I was just in my bed faking being asleep during all the Christmas celebration. So that's really the moment where it kind of bring it in my face. Right. I have a few people that we've spoken to about various traumas in their life. And the thing is, is as a child, you don't know that it's not normal. You do know it doesn't feel right, but you don't realize. And at the time, it's the teenage years, of course, that you start putting the pieces together and there's the shame, there's the guilt, there's the confusion, there's the anger that you, your, your family didn't support you, all of those things anchor in. And then we look for coping mechanisms. That are not necessarily the best one at that no. time because we are young and 
we are not experienced, you know, we, we just don't know the life at that point. So in my different coping mechanism, I completely dissociate from myself. I dissociate from emotion. I try to protect myself as best as I can, and I fall in eating disorder. But I also fall in doing a lot of little collection. You know, those little erasers and those little pencil and the postcards and the birthday card and all those little collections that the kids can make. Right. So, um, so dear friend of mine has had similar issues, shall we say, and her coping mechanism is, I mean, she has things, letters from her great grandfather, right? And she has taken all of these letters and they are in chronological order. The grandfather wrote to her father, her father's response, his mother's response to that. And they still exist today. Yeah, because we don't know that it's a coping mechanism. We, can't, we think that it's just keeping some memories. Right. It's what you can control. Exactly. Right. And so through the years, as you said, you had an eating disorder, and I'm sure many, many other distor- disorders. Um, and it is a form of PTSD. PTSD doesn't happen just in the army. Right. Oh, no, it does. No, no. And so this trauma carried you through your life. And um, so tell us a little bit about how it showed up in your marriage and then how you tried to cope with your, your it, lack it, of coping. Yeah, <laughs> it showed up a bit before that. I'll say when I was about 18 years old, mm-hmm. uh, another Christmas event with all the family. And then one person that I trusted revealed my secret in front of the extended family. So people are started taking sides. Some people asked me to sue him, to bring him in court. Some other people tell me to get silence. Others say that I lie. So it was kind of a mess. <laughs> and after that, I wasn't able to go back to complete my degree in occupational therapy. So I interrupt my studies and all the traditional symptom of complex PTSD kind of arrived like a wave on myself because all the dissociation cannot be done completely again because now people know. Right. So we're talking about nightmare, flashback, panic attacks, self-harming behavior, suicidal thoughts, you know, we can name it. So that was really, really hard to live but I had the chance to already have met the guy that is my husband today in that time. So he supported me through that process. He really helped me. And eventually we were, we think it's post-trauma, but I had difficulty with uh, not being with infertility. And we think that it's due to the trauma and we tried to go in fertility, it didn't work, and we decided to adopt some children. So life was beautiful, but hard. Like, you know, you have these children and they bring love in your house and as simple as that time was triggering me, my nightmare and my flashback. So you were unable to really care for your children because it caused flashbacks. 
Exactly. So there was some moment I was able to care from them and some moment that my husband has to take over to really do it because it was too hard. And life continued like that up to my husband joined the military. And I remember one day my mom asked me, Val, why do you have that much pasta? Are you cooking for an army? Obviously, she was sarcastic. But when she left, I opened my pantry and there were like 50 pounds of pasta, 15 cans of peach, and maybe 20 pounds of flowers. And then I look around the house and my kids has more toys than a daycare. It's at that moment that I realized that I have clutter. It may be organized, but it's still clutter. Exactly. It was organized. We can circulate in the house. And okay, of course, sometimes, you know, you hide a basket of clean laundry in your bedroom when your mom calls and say, I'm coming home. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, it was organized a lot because my husband was cleaning a lot at the home, was doing a lot of chores. But it was organized. It was not like we see in the orders TV show in my case. Right, right. In so other hoarding that I've seen, uh, it had go up to there. Right. But hoarding, hoarding does not mean disorganized. Hoarding just means too much stuff. Yes, exactly. So at that point, uh, my husband came back from his training and said, you know what, honey, we need to move. And we had the movers coming home. And they said that there's too much stuff. They cannot move us. So that's a big reality check because we had three months to get rid of more than half our stock. And this is by itself, if it's done not in the proper way, can be a trauma. Right, you're letting go of things you've been hanging on to to soothe your trauma. Exactly. Right. And now you're being asked to let it go. Yes. So I did it progressively. It went pretty well. But what surprised me is when I started that decluttering process, I was starting feeling emotion. Why do I cry? I wasn't crying before. I don't know what is it crying. Why am I, am I angry? Why am I questioning? What are all those emotions? What is that guilt? What is that shame? Those were all things that I was dissociated from. So I started the process and that really helped me to learn what is emotion. And at that time, I was still going in therapy because my doctor told me to go in therapy. So it helped me in a sense that I was able to go deeper in therapy instead of having my two harm cross, not saying. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I was able to go deeper at that point. And of course, I had some relapse against during the months of decluttering, recluttering a bit and going back to a garage shell because, you know, when you see those posts with a little ad on it that say garage shell by there, your heartbeat start to race and it's kind of with surprise can I find there? Which treasure do they hide? 
So I was recluttering a bit, but that was tough to stop going to garage sale. Events start to do garbage day. What I mean by that is there's a lot of people that throw out things that are still good or things that just need to be fixed a bit. So I was doing the garbage run before the garbage truck to pull out these things and bring them home. So stopping that was a new behavior to learn. Right. Right. And things happened. We were able to declutter enough to move. Uh, yes, we move more stock than we have today at that time. <laughs> but then we were in a new city with no family around and just me, my husband, and the kids. And I decided to become a homestager, you know, because as a military wife, we move a lot. And why not homestaging for us first and then doing it for the other people? Right. So I learned that skill. And when I was doing it, what I quickly realized is that people have more difficulty with the decluttering part before the homestaging than with putting the object at specific place in the house. So I start digging and do some research online and ask my client and all that things at that point. And that brings me on a journey of doing my professional organizer course. And I realized that I'll say over, 80, over 95% of my clients were having trauma in their life. Whatever the trauma is, could be a car accident, could be having lost their belongings when they moved country and were a refugee, having lost the war. So a lot of trauma. And it could be also generational trauma, like a trauma that your parent has going at the war that they bring you with that scarcity mode. Mm -hmm. So... A lot of, lot of trauma I was, and maybe because I was open to trauma, people were talking openly to me about it. So I said, there's something between clutter and trauma. And then I dig out, and my husband dig out, and we do lots of things on internet. <laughs> Happy internet these days, because it's not like in the library like before. And we find out some article and studies that link trauma and clutter. In fact, they are studying and they still have some studying actually to see if hoarding behavior and post-traumatic stress disorder as two mental health disorder, diagnosis, I mean, if they are linked. And the answer was yes to that question up to the study where we were. So then I understood why I accumulate that much clutter in my life. So it's only starting to understand that, that I was really able to stop accumulating clutter. Because before that I was decluttering, reaccumulating, decluttering, reaccumulating, decluttering, like, <laughs> You know, like a right, so, right. So when you're forth. when you truly declutter, right? What you're doing is, I, I don't have anything here to use as an example. Let's say that this is something I don't need, but I've been hanging on to. I do need it. It's my mouse, folks. <laughs> but <laughs> but I I will take this item, and that emotion will come up. 
Yes. If I don't resolve the emotion. And it's I, more I, than I, that. It's more than that. Right. It's also going, bringing other things in the house. Right. But if I get rid of this without resolving the emotion, that's resolving, difficult. I'm going to bring something else to replace yes. it. Yes. Right. So, so you're just going to do a swap. Exactly. Or buy more furniture to organize it. Right. That's another solution right. <laughs> that I experience. So I start doing some research and I say, okay, what can I do that will truly help my client decluttering? And the thing is, every time, you know, I studied in occupational therapy, so I learned quite a bit about the brain and the physiology and all of that. So every time that somebody touch an item, there are those memories, like you said, that came, those emotions that arrive in a wave. And people, it's at that point that they stop their decluttering session. They say, oh, too much for today. I'm going doing something else. I'm not ready to do that. So I find a way to help people be able to pursue and do objective decision instead of being stuck with those waves of emotion. So they still have emotion. They still have some memories but they are a bit distant from it enough to look at it. Like, you know, when you look from 20 feet up. Right. Observe without emotion. Decision. Right. Exactly. So they were able to take really a decision on the object and do sessions that were longer because they were able to make the decision. Mm-hmm. So I searched different way to help people like that and, at the same time, to do not reclutter myself too. And that brings me on a wonderful journey where I am today, where we wrote a book, we help people with their trauma and all of that. But of course, there's the decluttering the space. But another point that I forgot to mention is another thing that makes it really, really stick is when you work on the mindset and the stress and this time. And when I say the stress, it's because there's a vicious circle. So that's where I start all the time when I work with people. Because more you have clutter, it's proven that your level of cortisol is higher. And we know that the level of cortisol that someone experience is reflected by the level of stress that person has. So somebody that is more stressed will have a higher level of cortisol. And normally the cortisol is doing some wave during the day. But on people with PTSD, those waves have tendency to stick in the top. And when you add clutter, it's even higher. So then the stress is bigger, more effect and symptom of PTSD, then accumulating more stuff as coping mechanism. And then it becomes a vicious cycle. Because right, our coping mechanisms sometimes are not really coping mechanisms. They are really a codependent mechanism. Exactly. Right. So it's all about, you know, when you acquire something new, you have that peak of hormones that suit you and make you feel good for 20 minutes. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Depending if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. 
And then after that, you're back to the reality. It's even more difficult. Right. So these are also people who are shopaholics. Yes. Right. Right. They buy things. They don't even have tags off of the clothes. Right. If you go through their closet, there are things they've never worn or they've worn once. They have dozens and dozens of shoes all in perfect condition and they're all black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, right. So I've had, I've, I, had I, I've had friends who've been like that. Yeah. Right. And I know and I knew at the time, even before I was a coach, that they were trying to satisfy something that was lacking and, and it satisfied them for a moment. And that's, that's what we're talking about. You get a yeah. momentary satisfaction and then you crash into this, this stress condition. Yeah. Right. And does the, is the stress worse because you're crashing? Yeah. The stress is worse because you're tr- crashing, but it's worse also because more stuff you have, you know, when you, we go on a fair, for example, or an exposition, there's all those little uh, boot that are yelling and having images and trying to get your attention. So we come back from those days and we're exhausted. Mm. This is because the brain is managing all the information around you, even if you're not focused on it. So you will still hear the other boot. You will still see all the visual information. And it's the same thing with clutter when you're at home more clutter you have, your brain is still managing all that information at the same moment, even if you're not focused on your clutter. So like some restaurant we go or some house I've seen where there's frame, it's decorated, but there's frame from the ceiling to (laughs) almost the floor of pictures, one next to the others. I'll tell, a tell lot you of information. This amazing. This is amazing. This house is fairly new. I moved in about two years ago and it needed major, major work. And one of the things is the storage in the basement. Shelving was, was weak and it was just cluttered. And it was driving me crazy. And at one point I had a worker come in and build shelves so deep and sturdy enough to hold <laughs> what it is. And everything is in bins. And now, and, and I felt amazing afterwards. And you're right. That was haunting me. And, and my daughter was like, mom, we don't have to do that right now. And I'm like, yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we had a yard sale this weekend and whatever didn't sell got to goodwill and it's awesome <laughs> it feels good after a decluttering session yeah it's totally it's a relief yeah. because you let go of so much information and stimulation for your brain that you just feel freedom right so i then went on the personal uh, journey also personal development journey where i learned many 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 things <laughs> And I realized that if we want the decluttering to stick, we need to have some cope, not coping mechanism, but some tools to help you when you have one of your coping mechanism that is surging or that is there. Right. Because we, you and I had a conversation before we met. And one of the things that I mentioned is, guys, don't think that you're healed. Please. Yes, you deal with the major things and you feel amazing, 
But a few months later, don't be surprised if something sneaks up and bites you on the butt. But now you have tools. Now you have a process. Now you have resources that you didn't have before. So don't be afraid of it because yeah. you know how to deal with it, right? And as I told you, we just don't have the same definition of healing. In my case, what I mean by healing is being able to have a day-to-day life and appreciate it and be feeling good in that life. But everybody has ups and downs. Having trauma or not, everybody has ups and downs and had a bad day sometime. So it's not necessarily the trauma that is coming back in a wave, but your bad day, we have tendency to link them with our trauma because we had experienced the trauma so hard. Right. And that just anchors in the trauma. Yeah. Right. You give it another definition. Well, Valerie, this is so amazing. Now you've, you mentioned your book. Tell me a little bit about your book and your 10 day challenge. So this is my book. Put, put that, that stuff down. down. Yes. Put that stuff down. And, and yeah. we will give a little link if you want to go and purchase yeah, that. Uh-huh. Exactly. So in that book, I highlight main of the strategies to bring people to declutter their life. So it's the mindset, it's the stress, it's the time, and it's the space also or the belongings. Right. So we really go through all of that in it. That's fantastic. And, and your yeah, challenge? People, and my challenge, I'll say I should do a new challenge. It was published in a magazine. I can still uh, bring it online if people contact me. Uh, but it was like lots of 30-day challenge that we see online where one day you declutter one item and another day another item. So right, right. it's I've, really I've about a that. 30-day challenge that like, you know, day one, you're going to declutter the kitchen closet. Day yeah. two, you're going to declutter your makeup drawer. Yeah. Day three, right? The only problem with that is that if you don't put in your challenge some mindset and some time and some other element like that about the stress and the tools and just do the decluttering, it will come back. It will come back. It's like when your garage is full, people do a full day or a full weekend decluttering the garage, organizing it in the fall. And in the spring, first thing we know, it's cluttered again. And how did that happen, right? Yeah. Or people put stuff in a box because they want to donate it. They bring it at the end of the entryway on the curb and they look by the window if somebody come take some things. And after a little while, they look if there's somebody around and they go grab the box and bring it back in the garage. (laughs) I see that often. Right, right. Often. And you've made a very, very good point that is... uh, So important, folks, if you go to a motivational retreat, which I used to crew, I was very involved with the motivational world, I highly suggest it. But I also highly suggest when you leave that you better have a coach to work with. Because yes, they give you tools. Yes, they get you pumped up. Yes, you're, you're feeling on top of the world, but you are going to, within a week to return, 
if you don't have a support mechanism in place. Totally. And when we arrive from these retreats, if the people with who we live didn't do that retreat, right? So they don't understand what we experience and they're trying to have us back the way before. Um, and, and for many people that happens very, very easily yeah. or, um, I have another podcast that I, that I did that talks about the fear of success. It's coming out this week. As a matter of fact, the fear of success, mine was those people losing my friends as I was experiencing my growth and my business bringing me in a certain direction. I knew that certain people that I related with will no longer be able to relate to me. And I felt a sadness about that until I was told that that's a fear of success and that it's okay to let people go. It's not yeah, a judgment I, at all. I really see that a bit like a train. You know, your life is a train. And at some point there are some people that arrive in your life and they do a, a couple of inside mm -hmm. and then they get out at another point. Right. Some people it's shorter, some people it's longer, right? But everybody comes and goes, right? Right. And that's okay. And yeah. that's okay. And our job here is to evolve and is to grow and is to recognize our traumas because we all have them. We all do to recognize them, to own them, to say it out loud, to say it out loud is amazing. Right. And connect with the people who are not part of the tribe that developed the traumas. True. People who That's are really part important. of the tri a tribe to release the trauma. And your tribes will change. Yeah. Because you're going to grow. And that's okay. Or they're going to grow and there's no good or bad or higher or lower or better or not. It just is the journey. So Valerie, thank you so much. I love, love, love what you're doing. Already. <laughs> yes. I do <laughs> want you to tell us how we get in touch with you for your book, for your coaching, um, your website. Just tell us more about how we can get in touch with you to work with you. So the, the best place will be our website where I offer a free webinar where I go a bit more in details on what we talked today. And that's doingwellht.com? Yes. And all in the bottom link, my information is there. Right. And for my book, it's tiny.ie forward slash PTSD. Okay. Very, so very that's good. the best way to get in touch. Definitely, you know, check her out, guys. You know, what, she's, what she has going is remarkable and amazing. So put that stuff down and put that stuff down right now and watch your life change. And thank you, everybody, for spending time with us. This is Gail Craft from the Empowering Process Podcast. If you enjoyed this, then please let us know, like it, share it. If you know someone who could benefit from this, let them know about this. And absolutely subscribe so that you know when the next podcast is coming out. You might talk to Valerie again if you want to. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Process Podcast. Be sure to visit Gail at gailcraft.com to learn more about how she serves thought leaders, entrepreneurs, 
and goal seekers. And remember, if you like this broadcast, be sure to share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.